Welcome back to Lost in Roshar, the ultimate journey through the Stormlight Archive. I'm Christian Kremling, and I'm here to introduce, back by popular demand, Jake Sunbrock, Truthless of Canada. Welcome, Jake. Thank you for having me on again, and thank you to all the people for uh, for the support. I did I did read the comments. I don't have access to the emails, so uh, worth noting, if you want to complain about me, please email them. If you want to say nice things, I I did read the comments and they made me feel happy. So that's that's the unless if you want to see me to see the mean things, I I'll that's fine too. I mean that's kind of funny if you know that now and like you still comment it and that'll boost this in the algorithm. So that's oh, good for Christian too. It's a win win for everybody. Yeah. So actually comment yeah. the mean things, um, and my <laughs> ego could be put in check. So actually email the nice things to, backwards from what I said before. Okay, cool. And I'll just I'll forward them to you if I just feel like you need a little pick me up. Yeah, yeah, all the fans of Jake. Yeah. Um, how are things, man? How is um how are the hype levels going for Stormlight Five since we've last talked? Uh, well, as I mentioned before, I posted on a community poll of what's more likely to be my book of the year: uh, Wind and Truth, or literally anything else I read. Um, and Wind and Truth won, and I agree with that. Uh, I was coming up with my five star predictions for the year, and I realized Wind and Truth is like. All the other books, it's like, yeah, I guess this has a chance of being like five stars, which for me is like 9.5 out of 10 or higher, all-time favorite book. Yeah. When in truth, if it doesn't get five stars, that would be like a massive letdown. Like, I'd be like... Is there a chance it couldn't be five stars? Like, I mean, sure, there there's a chance. Like, What would he have to do? I mean, five stars, like nine five is really good. He would have to write mm. like a non-Storm-like quality book. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Yeah. Is there a chance that it could take? Is your top spot? Um, what is your top spot in Storm for series? Realm of the Elderlings. Oh, sorry, no, for Stormlight books. Like, oh, what's your Words of Radiance? Right. Do you think it could? Yeah, could dethrone it. Yeah, I mean, sure. Words of Radiance is my favorite by far as well. And what has me most excited is he did say it was his best action scene ever coming up. In I Dance. don't know if Words of Radiance is my favorite by far. Like, it's my favorite. But every time I reread Way of Kings, I'm like, maybe Way of Kings is my favorite. And then I reread Words of Radiance. I'm like, no, Words of Radiance is yeah. right. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it could. I historically like ending books. Mm. Um, I'm kind of pretty good with any tone of ending as long as kind of like you you embrace that. Like you go for the ending that you're going for. So uh, I know a lot of people will be like, oh, it's hard to find a series where, like, the ending lands. And I'm, like, trying to think of series where they don't. And there's, like, a few where I'm like, yeah, that ending was kind of, like, disappointing. But I would say I like the ending book in series, like, 70% of the time. It's mm. usually, like, one of the books I like more. Um, this obviously isn't, like, the end ending, but it's going to have the qualities that make a final book, I would yeah. assume. Um, yeah. You're a journey before destination guy. Well, in this case, I'm a destination before journey guy because I like the ending books. Oh, true, but like it's not like it's not like you're consumed by it. Like it doesn't ruin the experience if it's not like a slam dunk or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, also it's going to be a long book, but um, and also Sanderson's just good at endings, so mm. um, yeah, it's probably like if there was an over under, if Vegas could bet on the ratings I gave <laughs> books, the over under would probably be set at like nine seven five yeah um, yeah i'm just so like you said like it's it's a it's an ending but it's also not it's also setting up era two to for some respects if that's what we're calling it era two I think arc two arc two okay so like is there anyone you're thinking is gonna just be like 
wrapped up by the end well, of Well, Dalinar's dying. Yeah. Like, he's not <laughs> he went back there. Yeah. He's um, Isha, is he going to get him? <laughs> I don't know how he's dying, but yeah, yeah he's he's done. He's done. Or he's mm. off stuck as like a slave to um, Teravodium. Is there a name mm. for Teravanginodium, Teravodium, whatever? Um, by the way, everyone, spoilers for the Stormlight Archive. Oh, I probably should have said that. Oh, <laughs> uh, Jimmy. Um, do you want uh, to say something. that now, and then when you edit it, you can just put that part at the beginning? Oh, uh, no. You know what? Okay. Like, it's episode 31. Yeah, if I you haven't figured out that spoiler. It. Spoilers for the Stormlight Archive. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't think he's going to be on Roshar, whether that's because he's not alive or because he's uh, occupied doing Mistborn things. That would be cool if if he's like, now we're going to see Era 3 of Mistborn, and it's like, oh, who's the antagonist? Dalinar. Like, oh, my That would actually be kind of sick. Yeah, I'm ex- I wonder because, like, yes, the Cosmo is getting more connected. I finished Era 2 of uh, Mistborn. I definitely felt it the most there. And, like, yes, the- and we talked about this earlier, like, there's a couple of things I, I might have missed because I haven't done the full Cosmere, but, like, you can enjoy it. Yeah. 100% you can enjoy it. Um, also, like, even if you have read the full Cosmere, you'll still probably miss things yeah. just because some of them are kind of, like, you know. Definitely. Let's just say Dalina or Shalana or whoever shows up in a Miss Porn book or Elantris 2 or something. Will it be too much that, like, that when you go back to Stormlight, if you read Stormlight after it, would it be a bit of a damper? Um, so, I mean, one thing is generally, I think Stormlight gets a little bit more effort, like it's maximum effort, you know, in Deadpool and Deadpool's like maximum effort. That's Brandon <laughs> yeah. when he's writing Stormlight. Yeah. Um, so he'd have to write the characters in Stormlight, like as well as he does when they're mm. not in Stormlight. So I imagine they would work as like cameos. Mm. I don't, I would have that concern. Like if there's a future book where world hopper Shalon, which I mean, she's probably going to be a world hopper at some point. Yeah. is like a main character um but i don't think he would do that i mean I, th- I think it's probably more likely that if one of the big the big three show up in like somewhere else that they'll be like a cameo type thing kaladin's gonna go be a therapist so he can he can go i don't know <laughs> be a therapist somewhere <laughs> else he does that's not restricted to roshar yeah i mean i de- yeah I think you're. I, I'm totally on board with your Shalan thing. I think there's like 100% world top of. I was like, you know, I'm I'm ready for her to show up somewhere. That's some and point. also she can look like whatever she wants. So yeah. we just identify her. Like when someone says a sp- suspiciously bad joke, we're gonna be like, <laughs> hold up, uh, is that Shalan? Like, yeah. <laughs> That's honestly like that's how you'd identify. That's how Sanderson would write to be like to tell people like this is Shalon because it's like she can look like whoever she wants to. Um, that is true. I mean, any light wa- light waiver, I suppose, could could do that theoretically. That's true. The big thing I do want, I don't know if it would be next book, but I'm so like one thing I was kind of sleeping on until now in the reread was her her siblings and her family. Like I want some answers there for sure. They're kind of chilling in the background. Yeah, like as soon as it was so, this is one of Jimmy's few wins on the show was when we were reading the Nan Balat interlude. And he's like, I don't know, man, this feels magic. This feels like magical how he's getting pleasure from torturing these creatures. And I'm like, I don't know, dude. And then I looked it up and Sanderson's like, yeah, there's like some sort of effect going on here. What a huge Jimmy dub. 
Yeah, I know. Is that how we got promoted back from producer again? <laughs> yeah, that's how we, you know, clawed out of the mailroom. Um, oh, yeah, I, I probably should say Jimmy's off this week, but, um, well, we'll see if he comes back. But, um, yeah, he couldn't make it this week. I'm sure he's having a nice break from Stormlight. I took a little break from the Cosmere this week too, just because I, I told you earlier, I did um, I did so much Cosmere over the, over the holidays. I read like four or five Cosmere books, enjoyed them all. But I've like this week I've been listening to The Heroes again by Abercrombie mm. just as a palate cleanser. And it's such, you know, so different in tone. Yeah. <laughs> like so, so vastly different. Is this I suppose... first time reading The Heroes? No, no, no. I've read okay, all of go. the first yeah, lot. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. First time listening to it though, which is just amazing. I, I just think, so there's um there's a song, which it isn't even a song I know that well, but I randomly heard it once, like after right after I read the heroes, and it's like the I'm holding out for a hero, and now <laughs> that song I just picture Gorst for that entire song, <laughs> just to make it as funny as possible. Yeah, I mean the way I was gonna connect it was today's first chapter. I was like, this is like his Dalinar's Gorst moment <laughs> in Stormlight. I think it's probably just... more Logan-y. Gorst, I don't Ooh. think goes blind rage. He's just kind of like a sim always a similar level of murder machine here dalinar <laughs> kind of went extra murder machine mode right it's like the the blackthorn versus the bloody nine. Ooh, that would be something to see yeah someone posted in um in my university book club randomly was like who wins that versus and i'm like it's kind of a boring versus because they're just both peak human so it's just like the differences are depending on writing style and then someone mm. pointed out that rosharans are actually all like seven feet tall yeah like <laughs> yeah so uh um, was, probably like way of kings dalinar would lose because he's getting older and presumably we're not get, giving him you know shards and he's probably a lot more used to fighting with shards but this is like you know prime physical prime dalinar yeah i'd say if you take the shards out of it logan's got it yeah um so i was kind of leaning logan at first but then someone was like well dalinar is like gonna be like a foot and a half taller and have a way longer reach oh, that's and true. i'm like that is kind of a good point <laughs> I don't know. I don't often get caught up in these crossover battles, but for some reason, when it's first law and stormlight, I I'm find ma- well, first law who would wins are kind of just like it's just all like people who are good at sword fighting, so it's just arbitrary. Yeah, I'll do. I'll do. If you ever have a cross series, who would win? I will overanalyze it. Like I'll be like, all right, pros and cons. What are these people's paths to victory? What are their obstacles? And I will give like most of the time I'm again, boring for this. Cause people will be like, who would win this person or this person? And I'm like, this person would win pretty easily. Like for this person, it's the fight of their life for this person. It's Tuesday. Like let's just calm down here really quick. Well, that's what Sand- Sanderson has notoriously said in the Cosmere town could single-handedly beat any other character. Yeah. In his prime. Ton, 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 ton Rex. Like the only person who I'd imagine would put up a fight would be like the other heralds and like the Lord Ruler. The um, Lord Ruler is the biggest pushback that people have. Yeah, the thing is, theoretically, I think a shard blade could kill him. Um, okay. he's kind of like the thing is, I don't know if he's actually like he doesn't have an instant kill thing, and Tom also has stupid healing. Um. Mm. He has way better, like, we also don't know what Tom's, like, radiant powers were that well, I think. Because he's, mm. like, the stone order. I forget their name. I'm a Is fake he? Man. I think so. Okay. Just by, like, process of elimination of looking at, like, which radiant orders. Yeah, are right. Because he's a flashback character. Um, but I think Adachi might just be on the copper mod. Um, basically, I think the Lord Ruler would kind of beat him up for a long time. But then mm. eventually, like, Lord Ruler's just cocky. 
Like, if the Lord Ruler was legit, like, okay, this is Tom. He's 7,000 years old and has been fighting an unwinnable war against Living Stone for that entire 7,000 years. And he's insanely dedicated. And he's a prodigy. And he also has nearly infinite healing. And he's got this other stuff. <laughs> and he's got this sword that can insta-kill you. Yeah. The Lord would be like, oh, you're like... <laughs> um, <laughs> but... If they're just fighting each other and, like they don't know each other, like the Lord Ruler is probably just gonna be like, "Yeah, stab me," and Tom's gonna be like, "Okay." Um, the thing but- I'm thinking about is like, what you know, like okay, Harold style, they go to Bray's, they get tortured, and Tom comes back at the at the end of this book. But like for some reason, I kind of don't believe it. Like what? Just because Sanderson's it, like very rarely does he tell you something so quickly that he doesn't flip on its head later in a series right i feel like the whole like torture respawn thing for heralds i don't know i feel like there's something there's a part of that that's missing that puzzle okay i mean probably considering the next half is the herald (laughs) right yeah i just yeah i don't have any answers man no answers. it's like like, we just we i never considered what i don't know there you're right yeah i just like i've accepted it because there's the whole, you know, have you heard the whole um, Shalane's mum's a herald theory? I think so, yeah. Yeah, like the the basic idea of that is like once her mum died, it's like she was the one that was holding out instead of Talon for whatever reason. I don't know how that works. Um, so, yeah, we so, know Talon didn't actually like break. Yeah. But also like if there was another person who was holding out for 4,000 years than what was like the whole oath pact like the point of the oath yeah. pact and leaving Tom is that Tom was the person who didn't break so like it's kind of weird to then be like oh but also this other herald was then able to not break for 4000 years which they weren't able to do for the previous 4000 years like well that, that's what i'm saying like maybe it isn't that maybe that's not the mechanic and like that's what we think is the mechanic but something else is holding it together okay but i don't i mean I don't. like we know Tom didn't break but i just assumed that like Tom himself couldn't hold up the oath pact and eventually it just like fell apart. But yeah. It like took a while, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. There's obviously stuff we don't know. Um, yeah. I don't know if I buy that. Like there was another Herald other than Tom being tortured and not breaking, but mm. maybe they could be like not breaking, not on Braze somehow. Yeah. But- yeah. Because like there is the cheekiest line when the Everstorm comes and it's like the world was ending and it was all Shallan's fault. And I kind of love that. Like, if if that theory was to be true, because she, you mean, because she, yeah, yeah, um, she's the one who did it, right? So, yeah, I mean, it could be a nice little nod, but I mean, it's it's another it's another theory. I've got too many theories rolling around. Um, but I suppose we should jump into these death rattles, huh? For these, yeah. Yeah, so, three death rattles. Yes, very true. Three so death rattles. Today, guys, we're looking into chapter 56, that storming book, and the iconic chapter 57, Wanda Sale, which was with a bonus death rattle just, just for this episode. Um, and these are really good ones. Jake and I were talking before, like, man, th- this will be a long part of today's episode. Yeah. Chapter epigraphs uh, last time, I don't remember what they were, but they were just kind of like, yeah, whatever. But this is like... These are yeah, this is the good stuff. All right. Like, sorry, guys. I'm not going to read like Jimmy. I won't. I won't steal your thunder. I'm just going to do normal. I can narrate. I'm, I've done some oh, narration. Oh, let's do it, Jake. Take, All right. take the reins. Light grows so distant. The storm never stops. I am broken, and all around me have died. 
I weep for the end of all things. He has won. Oh, he has beaten us. Ooh, dated Palahikev, 1173, 16 yes. seconds pre-death, subject a Thalen sailor. Ooh, okay, so what are we making of this? Did you have any thoughts? Um, sounds somewhat not good. Um, like I'm no expert, but I mean, I've got pretty good vibes right here. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, I was like the storm never stops ever. Storm never stops. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like the thing is the storms bring light. So why is light growing so distant? Yes. Um, That's the, that's the biggest point of contention, right? That's what makes it not the ever storm in my mind. This makes it like something completely, I don't know. I just get like the end of the world as we know it, Stormlight 5 energy it's coming up. The end of the world. Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, there's so many things that are like so vague. Like we don't mm. know who it is that has beaten us. Um, is, is this from, I just had a random thought. Is this a thought from, like it could be a, a thought from like the Parshendi perspective Mm. and he has beaten us as like dalinar has beaten us probably died in the process because he's screwed um <laughs> and like weeping for the end of like the singers again um like or so this and it could even be a reference to the past and like them becoming parchment and like light being like mm. intelligence grows distance like in terms of like let there be life and like light and the spark of life it could be so many things like it's it's just so general and then in yeah. hindsight at some point sanderson's gonna be like this is what it is and it's gonna be like yeah which yeah. actually makes me think it isn't the past because it's not quite well, obvious enough for i was just thinking as you mentioned that so far from what i'm remembering a lot of the uh, there's a i don't know if i got this right but a lot of the like main character foreshadowing moments are obviously yeah in the future from death rattles but a lot of the stuff commenting on the Parshendi's side of things have been like nods to the past of like the humans colonizing and stuff yeah. so i never considered that this could be a partiality perspective that is interesting so i like to keep my like i obviously pay a huge amount of attention to stormlight don't really follow the theories hmm. much at all so when you see theory i'm not like yeah this common theory i used to pay attention to them back in the words of radiance days things have changed a lot since the words of radiance <laughs> days so um usually for theories i'm just making it up as i go along yeah but, um which is good though. It's good to be like, uh, like not disturbed by the the common side guys because you get caught up in what everyone else says. But I think that would be the most interesting way for this to go if this is from the Parshendi perspective, especially because now thinking about it on what chapter it's paired with, which I don't know mm-hmm. if Sanderson thinks about like which epigraph to pair with which chapter, but I feel like he does. Um, it's a chapter where like the the death and destruction against the Parshendi and their kind of like honor as opponents and worthiness is kind of highlighted upon and courage is mm. highlighted upon. So it would be interesting if to have like a cataclysmic foreshadowing epigraph and have it be foreshadowing like cataclysmic events from the perspective of the Parshendi. I love that. <laughs> I think, I mean, that's a very tight interpretation and I fully support it. Yeah, I just made it up, but I'm, in my head, I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of yeah. skinny here. Like, yeah. hey, let me go. <laughs> I'm cooking here. I'm eating it up, man. For me, I got a, a lot. I mean, mine's a lot more simple. I just kind of have a tragic ending in mind for the next book. I think it's going to be an old crap. We've just 
everything's ruined and we have to somehow fix this situation in the next book. So that's what I see this as. And I also, through various random theories, I kind of feel like there's going to be a lack of Stormlight in the back half or at least yeah, in the beginning of the back could, half. That could happen also, again, just for like stakes purposes, if they're Radiance. If there's no Stormlight, suddenly it's like they be mm. dying, but they still have their spren. So you still have your emotional support spread, maybe. <laughs> yeah. But, and there's the case of Lyft, right, who's going to be more important. And she, oh, can, and she, can, she right. can eat food and suddenly becomes the most overpowered person in Stormlight. Oh, that would tilt so many people. It would be so funny. <laughs> I know. I'm not even a huge Lyft person, but the amount of salt from Lyft haters, <laughs> like... You could do that. You could season all the pasta water, like the water to boil things. Like you could, you you might ruin the the drinking reserves of the earth with all the salt that that would cause. Jake will be cooking some real tasty stuff with that salt. Too salty at this point. Like you know, you've got carbonara. It's already salty, and you're adding more salt from the lift aiders. It's, it's like there's already like um crap i i can't say the wrong meat because or the italians will beat me up um it starts with the g that like normally goes to carbonara whatever it's already salty and the parmesan salt this is what's happening if this this is the case um i'm gonna make the wild call that i think most people will turn around on lift by the time the the back half comes out i think Uh, you know she'll be a lot older we'll see all the trauma and people be like you know what we'll give her a pass for for edge dancer um I've made my my prediction that the first lift flashback, which I think is going to be like obviously pre like Way of Kings lift, mm. and I think it is going to open up to like a really normal child in the first flashback, oh, and people are yeah. going to be like, "What the hell's going on?" But that's that's my prediction. I've been predicting this since like Words of Radiance, um, where I think the first lift flashback, she's just going to seem like a completely normal child like the opposite and then i read oathbringer and i was like it's the opposite like dalinar seems quite like honorable and normal mm-hmm. and like how jarring mm-hmm. that first flashback is when he's yeah. like um like a psycho yeah. um yeah you know what i i think i'm looking she's one of my most anticipated like um flashback characters her and yasna are most intrigued in like the heralds yes of course from a, more of like a law perspective but purely for character I think that would be amazing. Like to, yeah, like what you said. And then I want to see like what happened with the Night Watcher. Yeah. What happened? And there? also it'd be interesting, like if the throughout the but lit like current lift becomes, you know, slightly less insane, crazy, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. if at the same time like we're going through the past and lift and like anyway. Um like going in opposite directions. Yeah, gotcha. Or, um that that could be interesting. Like I'm not the most excited for the lift ones because there's just characters I like more, but I'm expecting mm-hmm. them to be good. Like yeah, um, I'm no excited for Tom. Um, yeah. which are gonna be depressing flashbacks, but like Tom flashbacks, Tom yeah. Yasna, Renarin, Lift and Shalash are kind of like I'm interested in totally different reasons. Yeah, Shalash yeah. like is conceptually really interesting, but like I don't know anything about her. But like presumably when I do know things about her, like she'll be really cool by the time we mm. get to book nine. And then yeah, and I feel like the opposite. Mm. I feel like reading that moment between Shalash and Tom and Oathbringer will be really like it'll be yeah, a completely different experience after that. Um have you like have you heard these theories about the Night Watcher and cultivation 
how it's been Taravangian, Dalinar, and Lyft, and how it's all part of Cultivation's grand plan to like is is this the Taravangian is odium lift is cultivation uh dalinar is honor type thing or something uh, i don't know about that it's i think it's more just like their chess pieces in cultivations long game i mean is that i don't even know if that's a theory i have we seen a shard that doesn't have a long game at this point well true well it's just whether these guys are because i think they're the three people that we have confirmed actually met with the night watcher and not no, actually met with Cultivation and not the Night Watcher, yeah. Yeah, and wh- wh- whether, like, the whole diagram thing, I'm pretty sure that is confirmed that it was in an effort to thwart race as Odium. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and do the hot take of agreeing with the theory <laughs> okay. that the three Whoa. main characters would be important. <laughs> I'll stop it. <laughs> don't, don't, re- don't reduce it to that. <laughs> don't, don't stamp me down that hard, Jake. Come on. That was a little. No. That was that was that was, that was a bit much, mate. That was that was uncalled for. Whatever. I'd like to yeah. apologize to all those who, who heard that. That was you might not and have been prepared to hear that. This live, mate. No, we're leaving it in. But no, I'd it, leave it in. Just also yeah. leave in the apology. Yeah. No, I don't. I just. I'm. My question is right. Let's say her plan was to make um, Tarantian take over the shard. What's the plan for for Dalinar and um, Lift? That, that's what I'm getting at lifter is more interesting to me than dalinar i mean i hope her plan isn't dalinar dying because that's what's gonna happen so if she had mm. a plan for something else um <laughs> it might not happen. but i think cultivation is supposed to be like the the shard that's the best at like seeing the future i think there's a word okay. of brandon on that um or, or like better than the other ones we've seen like better than ruin preservation honor and odium not because of the shard but because of like the person behind the shard is just i think like just more meticulous and more like patient um i think it's it's because cultivation like also is inherently something that you have to look forward to do like Mm. ruin was worse at seeing the future than preservation because every time ruin got to a future where things ended he was just like and he didn't keep looking there's always another secret, and you, the trick is to never stop looking. Ruin didn't do that. He's just like, yeah. I'm a, I'm happy. I'm going to stop looking. Um, so it's possible that this is like that, um, you know, Taravangian becoming Odium was like part of the plan yeah. um, for cultivation. But I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, it's definitely possible that we kind of go like people are, more people are ascending and Dalinar replaces Honor. But Honor's been splintered. I don't know if that's a thing. Her. yeah like i um i f- finally did a video after so long i'm not doing one and i was kind of putting forth the case i could like if it, i was going with the whole child of tanabas thing for for kaladin and whether like honor being reforged is a possibility and one thing jimmy and i talked about i think it might have been an email but they they talked about if you had to like reforge honor would you have to take all the honor spren and like push them all back mm-hmm. together and in this yeah and like he loses kaladin would lose sill in that process would could be, which it's could like, be interesting. there's still our cultivation spren when cultivation exists but for for like mm. being able to reforge honor i mean there's the line like twice like honor is not dead so long as he lives in the hearts of men um it happens kind of a little bit in words of rain and then obviously happens in rhythm of war at the trial like maya says that um so like 
the implication could like the obvious like surface reading is just like the concept of honor like can't die even if the shard dies mm. as long as like you know men act honorably mm. um but it could also literally mean like metaphysically that honor can't the shard of honor can't fully be destroyed and can be like recreated through the actions of of mankind um but I don't know what that would look like. I'd have to imagine it would be more complicated than being like all the honor plan go, go hug, group hug, like you know? That, I, feel, I feel like the group hug would be more of like a side effect of whatever the solution is. Okay. Although I don't know what the heck that would be. But also yeah. it'd be kind of weird, like presumably after honor has been reforged, like if there are no honor spren because there are cultivation spren. And I think there are, mm. you know, a bunch, a lot of like the Everstorm spren or I guess Odium hates spren. Or hate spread and odium spread? I don't know. Yeah, because I, I remember reading somewhere, I thought it said that, like, honor spread are literally splinters of honor, as opposed to, like... Cultivation spread are just spread, like, for people who cultivate? Just, See, just I just assumed that... <laughs> I just assumed cultivation spread were also splinters of cultivation. Like, it would seems... I suppose that those two things can coexist, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that may be just the case. And we wouldn't have to have that sacrifice. Regardless, though, I still get a stronger sense of shard vibes from Big Boy Dalinar rather than Kaladin. You know, yeah, Kaladin being a shard kind of like him being like a herald. I feel like fits a lot more than yeah. him being a shard. I don't know uh, if yeah, Kaladin yeah. shard. I'm against it. It feels weird. I'm sure Sanderson could change my mind. So if he becomes a shard and you cut and I give the book nine at ten out of ten don't come back to this and be like you said you're against it like execution wise he could make it not uh, not against it but at this moment i'm against it yeah yeah i feel you but i still don't think like even though i like to play into the theories i don't think he will if it's yeah. anyone i feel like it's telegraphed more for delano but anyway do you want do you want to take the honors into the next death rattle sure yeah it. this is maybe the most famous death battle can death battles be famous is stormlight big enough for that to be a thing in our corner of the world yeah <laughs> iconic there we go that's better yeah yeah that's good i hold the suckling child in my hands a knife at his throat and know that all who live wish me to let the blade slip spill its blood upon the ground over my hands and with it gain us further breath to draw Dated Shashanan, 1173, 23 seconds pre-death, subject a dark-eyed youth of 16 years. Sample is of particular note. See, even Terramangian's doctors knew yeah. it, But the previous one wasn't of, I guess it was just more doom and gloom. It wasn't like a specific. Like, yeah. this one I think is more clearly like, this is going to be a specific scene. Oh, yeah. Um, the silent gatherers were just like, yeah, man, this guy's spitting bars. Like, note this one down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I agree. this is basically the um, more fire in my baby champion ammunition. <laughs> yeah, this is, I mean, this is the main reason Gavin or the champion exists, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so my you, question is breath yeah. as in, or Ooh. breath as in like magical breath. Ah. Well, but it's, it's the yeah, draw, so probably just normal. Like, is breath here just a s metaphor for life, or is there more going on here? I take it as a metaphor for life, but at the same time, they wouldn't capitalize it because they're not like Samson. Yeah. 
that in well and also it, like this is how santa he deliberately is ambiguous so you don't know which one it is right like true um gavinor and, like this is a baby gavinor is not a suckling child he's gonna be like five or something i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm re- i was ready for that i would literally I was like that's what jay <laughs> i literally was like jake's gonna say that and i'm so ready all right let's <laughs> hear it let's hear this because, rebuttal. <laughs> because <laughs> the death rattle about shalan and kaladin coming out of the pit after surviving the chasm fiend um let's hear and, it i don't remember and it's it's like oh let me let me pull it up um basically the um long and short of it is it's listed as two men but the scene ends up being shalan and kaladin so it's like not quite right but it's a hundred percent that scene um i'm trying to just find the actual quote yeah they come from the pit two dead men a heart in their hands and i know that i've seen true glory and it's like they were presumed dead they have the chasm fiend heart and the chapter is called true glory so it's like, yeah okay. kind of i <laughs> oh no, no i couldn't do it <laughs> like i'm sort of convinced so that that like that i that introduces the premise that the, they can be slightly wrong right but also men can be used just to describe humans generally and like a suckling child on on the on a scale of life you know yeah when but you're five, like you know when aragon child. goes at the end of return of the king the day may come when the courage of men fails not you Eowyn. Like, <laughs> um and also suckling is such a specific descriptor right mm. like that is okay yeah hey i'm hearing you out like it could be right but that's i'm i'm look maybe it's not gavinor maybe there's a new baby maybe it's um maybe that i feel like is more it's more yeah. likely that there's a new baby and this is like stormlight 10 how old's um kaladin's brother oridan is he would he fit the uh, classification for you i don't know He's copper like probably knows seems <laughs> oridan right yeah oridan I, I would say Oridan could fit the description, although I, I doubt, mm, you know, I, maybe I wouldn't put, put it past. Am I spelling Oridan right? How do you... O-R-O-D-E-N. Oh, I tried I and E. I guessed wrong. <laughs> All right. Oridan, what's up? Uh, born 1172 or 1173, oh, okay. which is during Way of Kings because it says when the death rattle is happening. Yeah um so it's probably two he's closer to suckling than, than Gavin <laughs> right? this is when you know you're in too deep because <laughs> to, to a book series hmm, are they suckling i don't know <laughs> um but i feel i i kind of like the other possibility is that this is stormlight 10 or just a scene in the future and it's yeah. someone who hasn't been born yet um it's okay I mean, so yeah gavinor was born in 1170 and he's okay. a two or three year old boy so that means it's still like 1173 when they infiltrate colonar palace which means orden is like one or le- is is a baby orden is orden is suckling okay yeah. <laughs> like a honey description yes he is in that age group so um, the question then is, will Tarabangi be like, hey, Arden, what's up? You want to get Yeah, he doesn't fit as well for other reasons, yeah. though. Like. Yeah, that's the problem there. It does fall apart. It's like the most fun 
theory, but it falls apart very quickly if you. I think I'm waiting for after Stormlight Five comes out. Sanderson has a stream, and someone's gonna ask like, "Did you consider like the Gavin or Odium's champion theory?" And he's just gonna be like, "What a!" St-? And he's just gonna be like, "No, like that's a terrible idea." Imagine the climax of a book is just like this kid stands up as Odium's champion, and Dalinar just has to be like, "Do I kill him?" Like, I guess I kill him. Like, <laughs> no, no. It's happening, Jake. You just you're in denial. That's the problem. <laughs> I'm not in denial. Just, I, I've I seen the preview chapters. Seth's right there, suckling child. I think Confirm. it's possible, <laughs> but quite unlikely. No, it's it's very unlikely. It's very unlikely. Um, but I've just I've grown too attached, mate. And I'm not like this. This like there's a, your camp of people who have this series, and this death rattle is just like this. They they like. This is like the, your your group's holy text. Is this death? <laughs> I know <laughs> it really is. It's like uh, this is every time. It's like you you're not sure what to do or how to explain things. You go refer to the holy text. It's like let's yeah. see what was written. <laughs> oh, it says that all who live wish to let the blade slip. Does that include the Parshendi? <laughs> the Parshendi live, or is that just mankind? The sample is of particular note. Need I say more? The sample is of particular note. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but Am hey, I reading look, the third one or are you reading? The third do, no, yeah, you're you're killing it. Let's do the trifecta. The real question is: Do I read the speech attribution or do I I just read uh, the death rattle? That's a very hard Ooh. decision. Oh, that's an artistic license choice. You can you can. I think we're gonna just read it like it's a death rattle. Okay. Um. And all the world was shattered. The rocks trembled with their steps. And the stones reach towards heavens. We die. We die. You had to say we die twice. He's like, I'm not sure if they got the message. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, we. We? That's the Pashendi too, right? Ooh. Um, stones reach towards heavens. So, hey, remember how book five was originally going to be called Stones Unhallowed? Yeah. This one I actually think is really interesting because it kind of gives illusions that like, there actually is magic going on with the stones and a reason behind the whole like stone walker thing and not walking on stones. Yeah. Um, I think the obvious interpretation is just like some of the enemies in Vo- void bringers are living stone. Um, but yeah, I like think the, like, um, like with called? the religious connotations of towards the heavens, I feel like it's, mm. I, I, I think it's more likely that this is in connection with the shin shin of our religion. This is I mean, every time I hear the word stone, I'm like, Shin, Shinovar. Yeah. And the whole, yeah, like you said, the whole magical thing with the stones is a big deal, especially in the next book. It was oh originally called, that's such a good title. Yeah. I, I, I might Stones prefer and it. It's <laughs> like wind and dry. I now want you to picture this future. Everyone, everyone All now, right. I want you to close and picture this future, okay? Stormlight 5 comes out. And it's the mm. best book you've ever read. It is your favorite <laughs> book of all time, okay? And yeah. someone who doesn't know fantasy at all, just like someone you meet, let's say, like, family's over. They yeah. go, oh, you like reading. What's your favorite book? Which do you feel cooler <laughs> saying? Wind and Truth by Brandon Sanderson or Stones Unhallowed by Brandon Sanderson? Picture you know the what? two outcomes. I'm going to make that the poll. I'm going to put that as a, as a poll and we'll see who wins, mate. It's come on. I, I won't try and bias them because the answer is obvious and it's unnecessary. 
Mm. Because like the thing for me was like he did Wind and Truth to like commit to the whole Katek thing. But it's not committing to the it's, thing it's not because it's not it, yeah. the full thing. So at that yeah. point, ju- at just, that point, once you're abandoning it, which was the yeah. correct choice, because Knights of Woeful Truth, like I'm, a f- <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, um, no one's saying that to the or Knights of Wind and Truth, also bad. Once you ditched it, you should have just ditched it and gone stones unhallowed. I, I think the asterisk there is like in the in-world text will will be the Katek. <laughs> Then call it Stones and Hound and just have an inward text called Knights of Woeful Truth. Yeah, okay. Good point. Good point. Good point. Is it going to be Knights of Wind and Truth in the inward text, I guess? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. That still doesn't quite follow it. Um, (laughs) Whatever. I think this Stones is related to those Stones that we're getting to see in the Zeth Sun Sun Volano Truthless of Shinovar flashbacks. Mm. Actually, at that point, it's just Zeth of Shinovar. Did you read... We won't spoil them because not everyone's doing this. But did you read the shit? Uh, the Zeth? Damn straight. Yeah, right. So it's got me thinking about stones a lot. Yeah, damn um, straight. Yeah, I read the prologue instantly, and I read that flat like Zeth flashbacks. Do you know how long I've been waiting for Zeth flashbacks? <laughs> I mean, I know there's a song of ice and fire fans out there. I'm one of them. I've also been waiting. You know, not yeah. nearly as long as some people for Winds of Winter. But at this point, I'm closer to. I'm much closer to the original release date of Dance with Dragons than I am to now. Like it used to be. Like you know, I read it in like 2015, and mm. it was like you know 2019, and I was like, I've only waited half as long. But now, like, I've waited. I'm getting up to. I've waited nearly a decade. These people have waited 13 years. Like. 14 years it's we're the gap is closing so soon yeah. i can have sympathy and it will continue to close sadly yeah. I, I was like i think i read dance in 15 as well 2027 that's when dan that's when wins is coming <laughs> okay okay because everyone just always predicts next year like this is yeah. what i've noticed in my time like in 2018 it's totally coming out in 2019 and 2019 it's totally coming out it's never this year because you know it's not realistic so next yeah. year so in 2019 i was like you know what i'm just gonna pick a distantly possible date and i'm staying it's 2027 that's what's coming all right well i'll book you on mate 2027 we'll be talking we will we'll be still talking about stormlight 5 <laughs> that's the uh, i mean yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of stormlight chapters and like oathbringer and rhythm of war have more chapters than way of kings there's so chapters. many but i'm just being like there won't even be another book then sadly um but that's the way of things i suppose we should talk about these chapters that might be a good yeah idea. that might be a good idea they're good <laughs> chapters this time like the first one they were like I like all the chapters in Way of Kings, but they were like yeah. not super eventful. These though, I like these. Mm. All right, I'll I'll uh, I'll do the I'll do the summary, and then we'll have a chat. All right, chapter fifty six. That's storming book summary, courtesy of the Copper Mine. Thank you. All right, Dalinar and Sadius attack another plateau together. Just as it appears that they have won, a second Parshendi army appears in direct response to the new Alethi strategy of combined assault. Dalinar lays out a new strategy for the army to follow to adjust for the new threat, but then sees Sadius is right in the thick of where the Parshendi have come. Dalinar mounts Gallant, and the two of them bound across the chasm, leaving a line of death in their wake as they make their way towards Sadius. When they arrive, Dalinar finds that his old friend has fallen and is being beaten down by a horde of Parshendi. Dalinar kills them all and defends Sadia single-handedly until Adolin and his guard are able to penetrate the Parshendi line and re- relieve the High Prince. Sadius asks Dalinar what, why he would take such a risk for him, to which Dalinar repeats principles that have been instilled in him by the way of kings. Sadius is displeased that it holds such sway over Dalinar, calling it that storming book. He warns Dalinar that those ideals will get him killed one day. 
that still that's book, slightly right? pessimistic. He also is like, I'd like, so my biggest question actually from here is um, how sincere, obviously when he was like, in some ways he's being unsincere, but when he's like, I don't know if I've actually ever understood you. Mm. Is he actually, is, is that like right. him actually being like, I don't know if I've ever understood this guy. Um, or is that all manipulation for the. Right, right. Well, what yeah. you said, like that jarring moment of the, you know, seeing the Blackthorn and Oathbringer. Yeah. We got it like, that's probably like s- still as, as much as Sadius knew of Dalinar or the most time he knew Dalinar was when he was like that. So seeing him like quoting a text in the middle of battle, he's like, Do I, did I ever know you? I could see that being kind of genuine. Also, you got to imagine like that Sadius is like kind of laughing his ass off because he's like got this plan to betray Dalinar and he's like, oh my God, I'm going to die. And then Dalinar saves him (laughs) and is going to make him trust even more. So Sadius is going from, oh crap, I'm going to die. And he's also feeling the thrill and is a bloodthirsty athlete. So he's probably having fun in the battle as well. And he's like, he's, he's quite amused here. I was okay. This is really bad because I, I literally don't. I know there's the betrayal, but can you remind me how it all goes down in the way of kings? I cannot for the life. Oh of me yeah, remember. sure. Um, so, do you mean like physically, like what happens for the battle? Yeah. No, no, not for this battle. Oh, like the tower. Yeah. Oh, like it's the tower. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I don't remember the mechanics of that moment. Yeah. So what happens is um, they do like the, the similar plan for the ha- tower, which is uh, the plateau they've never won a battle out. Like it's the biggest yeah. one. The Parshendi can get a ton of troops. Um, and Dalinar and Adolin basically try and punch through to surround like a big group of the Parshendi army. Mm. With, so basically like Sadius is that the anvil and they're the hammer and they're going to try and like surround a huge group of the Parshendi army. And then Sadius in good order calls a retreat and retreats from the plateau, which leaves them. And he'd recently convinced them to use his bridge crews instead of their bridges. And he calls back all his bridge crews. So that just leaves them stranded, like in the middle of the tower with no way of escaping. Um, And then, Kaladin shows up the absolute Chad. But yeah, it's actually like so here he they also punch through in order to save Sadius. But mm. it, it's kind of like it's kind of a similar situation where like they commit to something in order to like do a combined tactic. Um and also like because it's something that Dalinar is like implicitly trusting Sadius. Like mm. and then Sadius pulls the rug out from under him. Did we ever know how long Sadius had that in mind? Um, I don't know if like that was his specific idea, but Mm. I guess his thought was like, he was kind of like, I like, this is the reason why the Alliance will never work in that when you're working in battle at some point, like to fight effectively, you're going to have to trust the other person. So, Mm. um, he's was clearly trying to manipulate Dalinar into using his bridge crews. Like that was clearly, I don't know if like this was his specific plan. If he, um, I mean, it is like Dalinar through competence is somewhat predictable in that he's going to act optimally as a general. Mm. So he could have actually drawn up and been like, oh, in this situation, like the Parshendi defend the tower the same. Dalinar will act competently and decisively so we can like trick him into doing this. I think it's probably more likely that he knew at some point there would be a scenario where Mm -hmm. he could strand Dalinar. And this was just a perfect example that came somewhat through luck. 
Right, because I, you know, I told you earlier I messed up and I read that <laughs> I read fifty-seven and fifty-eight, and it's in fifty-eight where he convinces him to use yeah. uh, his bridge crew. So it's coming up. My biggest question from this chapter was like, wait, what is? Don't they? Um, doesn't Kaladin have to do like the armor trick before Sadius convinces Dalinar to use the bridge crews? Because one of the ways he convinces him is that they or does he convince them to use the bridge crew up until the final assault and then his yeah bridge and yeah. Okay. yeah 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 um but I the thing no video so the cameo will now not happen for everyone but alas it's very sad what am i missing here oh my cat's just chilling oh the there it is oh cute <laughs> it looks so cozy over there in canada i'm like in the sweltering heat but that looks nice um my biggest question was like what's pulling Dalinar out of the thrill in these moments? Like, what's the actual cause of that? That is an excellent question. Mm. Because um, we know it's caused by the unmade, and I, I guess it's proximity. But yeah, or, then why does everyone else still have the thrill? Yeah, why does it happen yeah. both times? I mean, presumably the thing that sets him apart is his, like, that he has visions with the Stormfather, so you'd expect that has something to do with it. Mm. I don't know why it's happening metaphysically i was actually gonna ask this i feel like is a way of kittens detail that i remember why did the parshendi bring an extra army to this fight dalinar's like if they could bring more why haven't they in the past like why are they doing it differently yeah but then he does think to himself at some point they're like oh they must have seen both of our forces and called for called for an extra army but i suppose is it that simple like i guess because he says we should have sent out more scouts so I suppose the Pasha and he just scouted better. Yeah, but it's like, why don't right. they do that? Oh, I see what you mean. Normal. Right, yeah, okay. Yeah, true. Yeah. Like he thinks that they're doing some kind of like honor-bound thing where it's like, we'll bring one army if you bring one army. And it's like, mm. I don't think that's what they're doing. Commenters. <laughs> Once you're finished um, roasting Jake or praising him, also weigh in on this. Yeah. <laughs> um. Which also, like, because that's the other thing I was thinking of, like, this unmade, which is the cause of the thrill, made me also think of the unmade that's the cause of the death rattles, right? Yeah, and they're both Cause, here, because there's a death rattle yeah. tells you from out this, they're yeah. in the era. I wish I could see, like, how, like, how close, or, like, what the proximity of their effect yeah. is. At the because, like, in 15 years, we can have a map of where the unmade were over time. Yeah, because, like, presumably it was in Carbranth, or... Otherwise, it's in the same spot, and it's just got a huge radius where it can affect Carbrand and the planes. I think, isn't there like a Terravangian thing where it's like the death rattles have stopped in Carbrand? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think you're um, right. So I think it's moved, and as of, like, I think it's very recently moved. And as of Ooh. here, there are not death rattles in Carbrand, and they're just draining people's blood, and they're just dying. <laughs> I wonder... <laughs> Well, yeah, because I think Teravangian is literally like we should still keep doing it just in case they start again. Because yeah. like each individual death rattle has a chance of like literally saving the world. So like even a small chance of success, mm. any price is worth it. I wonder what would cause it to move then in that case. Like does it just move freely? Was it under orders? Another another secret to consider. But like. Like we've noticed, I mean, you notice it so much in the Wave Kings. There's all these like little benefits if you're in the middle of bonding with someone to maybe 
as his bond with the Stormfather or what, like whatever's going on with Delano gets stronger. Yeah, like a Nihil bond thing. Yeah, it's it can like get you out of the thrill, I suppose. And it's, Stormfather, okay. And I, I, su- and I yeah, and I suppose it shows us that for the first time as a fresh reader that like the thrill is some sort of magical thing that's going on. Um, yeah, because I think originally like it's it just kind of it's like oh yeah it's just like what people experience it's adrenaline yeah but like it yeah. isn't adrenaline it's like it, it has an element of like bloodthirstiness almost um it's like in who would win thread when people people will be like bloodlusted and what bloodlusted just means is personal like emotional attachments are not going to get in the way of the fight they mean that they have the thrill yeah right um I miss being I miss being a new Sanderson fan where I didn't look out for capital letters so much. Yeah, those capital I, letters are at you. Yeah, um, I wanted to ask you what you thought of this line and if you think it's foreshadowing. When you know he's he's talking about that storming book, and then Sadie says that honor of yours is going to get you killed. Uh, I think that Sadie is being cheeky because he knows yeah. he's planning to kill him based on the honor, not some like book ten foreshadowing. Yeah. Yeah, the more we, the more we I'm speak about boring answer. No, I think um, you're right though. He's like, hey, hey, hey. give me a few more battles, then you're gone. Yeah, was there I just else? also generally would like to compliment the action in this scene. Um, I think it's a great example of having action that has important story beats. Like the point, this scene, this chapter is based around a battle, but the point of the chapter is not look, Dalinar defeated the Parshendi. Look, he's mm-hmm. good at fighting. Like, there's character beats in that action, characterization and action. Your action scene should have a purpose. Sanderson does it as well as anyone, um, including also really starting to make us question like the Parshendi here. And he kind of does, he does like double fake outs where it's like, look, the Parshendi aren't really like the bad guys. And then at the end, he's going to be like, but they're the void bringers. But then like you're reading that and you're like, but they're not like, they're clearly just people. Mm. Um, And then they kind of actually are, but then they're actually kind of not like, I, I just think, like, obviously killing all the Parshendi is bad, but I like the way that these are, like, a society of sentient beings who are morally comparable to humans is introduced throughout the novel. Because mm. also in the back me- of your head, they're like, they also just murdered the king for no reason, but then later you learn that was kind of save the world and was a self-sacrifice. Yeah. Or, I mean, I mean, and the whole time I'm reading it, I'm just like, I want more Parshendi. And, and then you get it for Rhythm of War, and it's like the worst part of the four books. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but my point is, like, I'm not going to, yeah, that's my problem with it also, which is, like, I, probably why it's the worst part is because it came in so late. Mm. Uh, but then words of radiance is perfect, so what do you do? Um but yeah, I, I don't want to add anything there because I think you've summed it up really beautifully and succinctly. Um, was there anything else in that chapter that that you wanted to commend or talk about before we move on to the, the next one? Um, I actually just really like the r- specific writing for when he gets the surge of nausea back, which is it's caused by like when he gets all kills four Parshendi in one sweep and gets like a surge of satisfaction the same way. Like I would mm. be satisfied if like I made a 30 footer for birdie, if I was golfing, he's like, yeah. And then, <laughs> um, and just like the immediate, nausea. anyway, no, I don't really have, um, much else to add. I just think it's a generally good 
good. Yeah. Good. No, I, I, chapter of that is clearly story. Like a lot of these chapters, like there's a lot of chapters that I think on first read, you can kind of be like, why is this here? Like, I don't think there's story irrelevant chapters in Wave Kings. I think they're all important. Mm-hmm. And I, this is a great example of like something that easily could have just been an action scene, but is very clearly narratively important. Yeah. Um, and I mean, as we go into Wonder Sail, it's like you get the gut punch of how different it is for the Bridgemen because like Sadie's just like, hey, victory, everyone's going to eat like a light eyes. And we just like hard cut to maps death rattling and you know the tragedy yeah. of that all right i'll quickly introduce chapter 57 wonder sale so plot summary story time that, with wit that's <laughs> that scared the living hell out of me mate i was sorry. so not ready for that. sorry it was a okay. bit abrupt no okay look you know what i like jake's method let's get it Let, let's get it done quickly maps spits and bars Caledon sad and uh, story time with Wits and Sigzel shout out. That's about it. No, what's the Sigzel shout out? Yeah. We got um, Teft, yeah. Uh, Teft uh, and Kaladin is like, okay, I'll learn about this whole Radiant thing. Um, yeah. I mean, this is like, yeah. this is a, like character wise. I think this isn't a super theory heavy chapter, mm. but it's pretty, it's one of like the cornerstone chapters for Kaladin's character arc in this book. Um, which yes, believe it or not, Kaladin does have character arcs other than is he depressed or not. Um, <laughs> and his acceptance that the bad things that happen to people around him are were his fault. Like, well, not, not were his fault, were avoidable, but also that therefore, like, if it's not caused by the curse, like, future cataclysm is not inevitable so by taking the responsibility that the bad things that happened and his failures weren't predetermined um or weren't because he was like some cursed by some magical aspects he's able to then believe in the possibility of success and allow himself to take risks that clearly have a pot of possibility for cataclysmic failure mm. for the rest of the novel yeah, and it was just satisfying for him to be like, yeah, like I'm making saving them about me quite a lot. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yes, you yeah, are. You are. So, yeah, he has a lot of growth and a lot of realization in this chapter, which most people tend to after talking to Hoyd, um, or yeah. they're scratching their head. Um, but usually Hoyd drops some nuggets of wisdom there. This isn't quite my, my favorite Hoyd is the the fleet story. That's my favorite Hoyd story. Oh, the dog and the dragon, though. Mm, is the fleet one the one with Shallan? Is no, Fleet is Words oh. of Radiance with Kaladin about the guy who tries to race the High Storm. Um, oh, yes. I, okay. What it's also uh, the, the like w- city with like the wall. Yeah. That's, like yeah. they keep the wall and then they climb the wall and they were the people being kept out. Yeah, that's right. Stimulism for the par- for the humans <laughs> being the Voidbringers. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Fleet is my favorite. Um, I love Fleet. There's actually, it's one of the, some of the Stormlight graphic audios are like kind of jarring because some of the performances are a little bit interesting. Like for the honor is dead, but I'll see what I can do. He nails the honor is dead. It's like honor is dead. And then he says, but I'll see what I can do. Like I would say, I'm going to go get some bananas from the grocery store. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, that's what Kaladin's going to say when he picks up the shard. Like honor is dead. I'll see what I can do. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But Fleet 
as a really good graphic audio. So, mm. um, yeah, I've heard snippets of the graphic audio. I'm just like, this is a lot. It um, is a lot. Some of them yeah. are good. Some of them are less good. Um, also, there was a bit of irony here that I thought is kind of like or just a reread thing that you would would never come up on first read, which is when the people are like, oh, this Dalinar guy, he's so much more honorable. And Kaladin's kind of grumpy, like, oh, you can like trick people by like just being like dressing well and having a reputation for honesty. And honestly, like on first read, it's like, oh, Kaladin's wrong. Dalinar actually is really honorable. But Kaladin is completely right. Like... Dalinar has done tons of atrocious things and his reputation recovered in like five years from like (laughs) being honest for five years. Like Kaladin is 100% right about. Yeah. All all we know is like worthy, like he's just assuming Dalinar's reputation is undeserved. And the reader the first time you're like, no, he's actually like that. But like Kaladin's totally right here. And it's kind of funny. Yeah, I've never actually thought thought about that when you when you pointed out like that. I suppose like Dalinar, yeah. I mean, the stuff he's done is obviously terrible, but he is, yeah. When you're inside his head, you see his good intention now. So you're left you're left kind of wanting Kaladin's mind to be changed, and you get that satisfaction. But yeah, and then just like after Oathbringer, this is one of those examples mm. where I'm like, every book is changed by every book. This is something mm. that just reads differently after you've read yeah. Oathbringer. And you're like, he burned Rathalos, by the way. That was a thing. <laughs> yeah. There was a detail in here that I've I never realized that we, we, we get our first Bridge 4 salute. Yeah. And I didn't know it was Tef's old thing with his old um, squad. I didn't know that's where the origin was from. So that was Teft a cool little great. thing. I love Teft. Jimmy hates Teft. We need some Teft love. He hates Teft so much. He's Jimmy, like, yeah. how do I not know this? <laughs> Every time. Like... I, I mean, he's been okay on the reread, but when he died, he's like, yeah, whatever. Teft is great. Like, I think I did a Stormlight character tier list once, and I had Teft in like A tier. Like, yeah, Teft's I think I weapon. wanted to put him in S. I was like, Teft is. I've never had a problem with Teft. I've loved him. Just, just yeah, he's my it. favorite non-Kaladin member of Bridge Four. Oh yeah, and like it's not—I don't think it's that. Like I don't know who third would be, like Rock. Rock probably, but it's like Lopen. Teft is easily my second favorite. Um, yeah. I also like I think on Root, especially in Words of Radiance, he shines because um, you kind of just don't pay attention to him the first time you read him. He's like, oh, Teft's doing his thing. He's reliable, um, but on reread you can be like, oh my God, he's getting addicted to drugs and is falling apart as he becomes more successful and having access to more money. Oh no. Like I'm keen to pick up on that. Yeah. Because I think that was Jimmy's problem. Like, I think he thought the whole drug angle came out of nowhere. Jimmy's going to realize he's really wrong. Yeah. So we'll see. It comes up in like a lot in Words of Radiance, but it's Mm. just like Kaladin doesn't pay. Because in Kaladin's mind, Teft is like the most reliable person. Right. So it's just like, oh, it's weird that Teft isn't here tonight. I wonder where he is. Mm. Um, but yeah, God, no. it's a tragic story. But you said it wasn't a theory-heavy chapter. I got very loose. I got something very loose. That All right. Let's can, hear it. You can shut it down real quick. I'm happy to move on. <laughs> All right. So this flute, right, it's, it's weird hoid stuff. And look, I play an instrument too. 
And I know some people like to call their instruments with pronouns, but he said, Toyd's talking about his flute, says, I always worry that I'll forget how to play her. And I'm like, why is it a her? <laughs> what does that mean? Is this like some sapient instrument? Do we have like shard flutes? <laughs> Come on, Jake. <laughs> That's got to be something. Um, I think you're probably overthinking this. Okay, damn it. <laughs> but okay, I will. I will extend an olive branch because. Okay. I mean, it probably has a spread, and something's magical go- is going on with it. Oh, hallelujah! That's all I needed to hear. <laughs> but like, probably like, it's just like probably it's just know, yeah. If you've got like a boat and you're like, she's ready to sail. Yeah. Ah. Uh... I don't know. It just felt like unlike Hoyd, like he had such a reverence for it because he doesn't, he's like so nonchalant about everything. So when he, from like his childhood, right? Which there's not, there's not very much from his childhood. He's, he's old. Hmm. Did he say childhood? Well, he just said he learned, um, he just said like how long ago he learned, um, to read it, to, to play it. Um, right. It was something like, you know, you it's silly. I know long. considering how long I've practiced, but these days I really get, um, I guess not necessarily from childhood, but just like, I got the impression from like how long he's practiced that my impression that like was for OG Hoyd story. So like dragon steel mm. is going to be something he really cares about. And now he's played it sporadically for like 10,000 years. It's just the impression I got. And the thing is every depiction of Hoyd fan or official, he's always got it. So I, which tells me it'll be a big deal and whenever we get Dragon Steel. And he Hoyt's gave it story. to Kaladin because he knows he's the child of Tanavas, Christian. <laughs> there we go. Uh, <laughs> You're like, now we're cooking. Now we're cooking. Child of Tanavas, my ears are like, woo, let's go. Um, you get like the exclamation point from game whenever someone says child yeah. of Tanavas. Yeah. <laughs> someone ever needs to get your attention in real life, they're like, Christian, Christian. Suck hey, is that child, a child of Tanavas theory? And it's like, <laughs> uh, was that of particular note? Yes, absolutely. Um, hey, there is magic though, because I mean, this is written in such a Sanderson way. It says Kaladin found himself transfixed. The tune was powerful, almost demanding, as if each note were a hook flung out to spear Kaladin's flesh and hold him near. That's definitely magic. Come on, surely emotional. Elementary. magic of music <laughs> the magic of a banger story from hoyd also um, i'd just like to mention teft when he's describing the oath of like journey for destination just drop some banger lines um, oh yeah what is the say? best description um he's got um <laughs> strength before weakness um or let's see life for death living is harder than dying um, something, something like what you did in your life is going to be more important than what you accomplished. And then he's got for strength before weakness. Uh, the banger line is strength does not make one capable of rule. It makes one capable of service. Um, I forget. Anyway, he's got, he's got, he's got some banger mm. lines there. Mm. He's, he's a he's, poet. He was spitting. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's also just, I, I think it's a really cool scene because Tef generally is kind of nonchalant, like not soup doesn't seem super principled, but then mm. he gets to like the first oath and suddenly like it's something he deeply cares about. 
It's kind mm-hmm. of like if someone's talking to me and I'm not interested and then they mention Stormlight and I start like passionately talking. Like he's the same, but like for that. And it's it was such an important part of who he was growing up, like in his family and how he was raised. I mean, they literally died for it. And his backstory, I think, is just really good. Like I'd be interested yeah. to see more from that group of people. Um, yeah, so curious about those group of people. But I, yeah, it went, I forgot they were called, but I, yeah, mm-hmm. reached a lot of dead ends with them. The thing is... Um, do you think so? Like Hoido is always showing up with these amazing stories. He has like fortune, right? He has some sort of like luck Something magic like in the cosmere. So like, does he come prepared? It's like all right, like, or does he just say random things? Yeah, like, like, he's like, I'm worried about my my. He probably knows Kaladin's a radiant. I would, I would, yeah. Think. So that's not yes, us, but because he um, he's so cheeky. He's like with the spheres comment. Remember yeah. that? Yeah, very yeah. cheeky. Um. um is he just finding all the radiance and like telling him stories or is it just like God? Cause he was with Shalan in childhood. Yeah. Which, which is very show. telling. Yeah. So good. I want to be on the show for that chat. Like this is my like Shalon flashbacks are just better on every time. Like last time I reread words of radiance, I remember reading that chapter and being like, is this the best chapter in the book? That's crazy. <laughs> right? Like there's no way, like it's not top 15, but like, but like, is I'd it actually to reread that. I don't think I have ever reread that chapter. It's so good. Besides, like the him slipping metal into his tea or whatever. Yeah, I yeah. Screw I... that part. It's the conversation yeah, it's... with Shalon and mm-hmm. um, some of Sanderson's. I think most beautiful writing is in that scene where, like, he he's like gets Shalon to like describe what like hap- what like happiness would be like. I'm not doing it justice, but it's oh. it's gorgeous, gorgeously like. It's some of Sanderson's like most where I'm like, that was like gorgeously written. Yeah. Um, he does. He's so compassionate and touching when it comes to like the childhood flashbacks and the people working through their hardships. Like, oh, that's what's really made me fall in love with this series. And also like the cool shard blades and stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it's the characters and their journey. Um, when Hoyd said, I've come to your land to chase an old acquaintance, but I end up spending most of my time hiding from him instead. Did you take that as odium race? Is that what that's about? Yeah, I mean, I assumed it was race. Um, the other candidate would be uh, whatever the name of Cultivation's shard is. Um, yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, see, yeah. theory person, needed a bunch of, like, I feel like for Stormlight, I'm like, if you tell me to recount a minor character's character arc, I can, like, describe it, like, without time. But I'm, for theories, uh, we go to Lost in Discovery. Yeah. Um, what would the other candidates even be? Because at first I was like, oh, Sigzel, but then it's like, no, 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 because no, he mentioned It seems like an afterthought. That's like, yeah. So, yeah, because he's writing the letters to harmony about like race, race and earlier like all of his letters are about race race i think it's probably race yeah but he doesn't want to meet race because he'd die yeah that's why i found this line a bit curious race or culture but what would the candidates be other than race or cultivation like i mean yeah i think that's and if he describes someone as an old acquaintance like he means thousands of years ago like anyone under the age of 2000 is dq'd from this yeah. conversation <laughs> um because he's cheeky he likes to just because i think he thinks it's funny deliberately describe things in ways so people underestimate like what he's talking about mm. like he'll oh, describe yeah. an old acquaintance and people will be like oh yeah someone from like 35 years ago and he means like twenty thousand years ago so like 
he definitely means someone from like the dragon steel era i think mm. i think so it's funny. just i think it's just race or whatever the cultivation's person name was told me like two minutes ago but razor cultivation yeah. i think it's i think it's huge that he's giving kaladin the the flute it's because he's the child of tanavast yeah that seems random that like he's acting like it's random it seems not random kaladin fails by the way had not learned how to play it when they next meet no words of and he loses it shows up and hoy and hoyd like kind of gives him um it's like come on um i mean uh it's hard because people aren't all reading the chapters but I will say, like, from some preview chapter, st- ch- chapter stuff, I started thinking about the flute again and why he gave it to Kaladin. And I now, feel like, yeah, there's more to it. I don't know what you're talking about. There's only been, like, one flashback preview in the prologue, right? I'm not missing preview chapter. No, you're missing one, mate. What? Yeah, you're missing, yeah, another, yeah, I'll talk to you about it after. <laughs> and we'll find it, so I'll get you the link. I'm going to read yeah. it, literally. I might just be rude and just, like, leave call and just go read this like <laughs> oh yeah there's there's another one and there's the interlude did you hear the oh interlude? yeah yeah the interlude i did yeah. i read the inter well i didn't listen to the interlude. i waited for it to get transcribed because yeah <laughs> um Sanderson should not quit his day job to be an audiobook narrator and generally i don't read things for audiobook for the first time anyway yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's fair are you like, gonna listen to the chapter because I'm, I'm assuming he'll release them early again part one yeah i'm gonna read them yeah nice yeah um i find the pro of like the countdown very enjoyable for rhythm of war i was like i'm not gonna read them and then i read them instantly as soon as i had access to them every time uh this time we're just accepting yeah i'm gonna read them probably do videos about them we'll see yeah awesome um okay i don't like i feel weird because we've read one to sale and we haven't talked about the story but i don't know what i need to say about it i feel like we talked I, t- I talked about how why it's really important for like calvin's character arc mm. talked about teft we've talked about some of the story okay all right well was there anything else you wanted to to uh say about it before i move on to a spam read email um oh you mean like the story itself like the wander sale story not the story yeah like the movie. actual story yeah. Of yeah um yeah we can talk about the wander sale story um I kind of feel like Kaladin's interpretation is kind of obvious. Hoyt's like, that's one interpretation. I'm kind of curious what the other ones are. Mm. But yeah, I mean, I, I like, I just heard Kaladin's and I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But I was thinking more Roshar historian of like, did this happen? Where is this place? You know, I just don't even up? try and figure this out from Hoyt's stories because, like, my assumption is, oh, I mean, I guess it could have. Because he's, I mean, thousands of years old, maybe, like, maybe it did happen. Because it says, um, they found themselves on a ring of small islands surrounding an enormous whirlpool where it is said the ocean drains. And the vibe I got, like, the top of Rosha has, like, the Reshi Isles and all that, the Pure Lake below, kind of felt like they're in that area. Um, but where it says the ocean drains feels very, like, you know, not accurate. It just feels like folklore. Um, and then when he was describing the people that lived there, I couldn't really, you know, I couldn't place it to a particular race or culture on, on Rosha, but I was curious if it was real. 
yeah, I feel like it wouldn't be referring to something that we know. It'd be something that like you know randomly shows on Stormlight Seven, and we'll be like, it's the Wander Sale people. But yeah, yeah. I feel like because for the Fleet story, he expressly says it's not real. Like he was making, he was actually he gets Kaladin to make it up as he mm, goes, mm, mm. and he just basically takes the promise Kaladin and just goes for it. So the Fleet tale is explicitly made up. I feel like this one isn't explicitly made up, and it probably is like this is me guessing. I would guess it's based on a nugget of truth, but it's like simplified slash exaggerated. To well, yeah. The thing is, though, this story does exist on Rosha because, like, Risen's Bowden Dawnchart is named the Wandercell, the one that she gets from her Babsk. They name it the Wandercell because of this story. So, is it just a story that people like sailors know? Or is it just Hoyd keeps telling it? To people? <laughs> yeah, maybe Hoyd made the story. It keeps up. being thematically irrelevant, and he just keeps being like, "Damn!" And then he gets to Kaladin, where like it's super relevant for the personal conflict Kaladin is going through. And off screen, he's just like, "Finally, I knew it would happen. Let's let's storming go." Ah, uh, that you should. I think you're gonna play Hoyd in the adaptation. That would be a nice little scene. I mean, one, away. I'm wildly unqualified and would do a horrible <laughs> job. And two, sign me up. <laughs> like, give me the storming contract. Yeah. Now. Um, I need to wait to play Hoyt. He's pretty skinny. <laughs> Whoever's playing Hoyt is screwed because they've got to be in like 55 adaptations yeah. forever. Um, yeah. They'll have to sell their identity rights to AI. That's what will happen. All right. Span read to quickly go through at the end of the episode. It's going to be, uh, this is going to be one of our longest ones and, I, and I'm living for it. Um, episode wise, I mean, it's going to be a long one. All right. Span read from Colton. Hey there. I binged your podcast over the course of a few days while at work and it quickly became my favorite. You guys are awesome and such a great dynamic. Thanks for the great content. Thank you. I have a, a couple of small theories. First, you guys totally glossed over the, the idea of the Kremlin crawling up the Herald steps. I was so there for it. In Dawnchart, I believe it was revealed that the Sleepless were watching over Risen's Dawnchart. I personally believe a Kremlin could also bear one if part of the sleepless it would also open the doors for a unique interlude perspective a flashback of a kremlin adventure oh i'm down for that okay second theory he's added here do you think it's possible that radiant and shalan could each bond their own sprint could radiant be the original personality that bonded testament and shalan the newer personality made to cope with her horrors and each personality differs enough that they could count as different people with different oaths i think that could be interesting thanks again colton cheers colton interesting i mean the one that i'm hearing i mean of course i love the kremlin stuff you do like the kremlin stuff i do like so kremlin's with the dawn shard good or kremlin wield the dawn shard <laughs> i mean i'm happy to take up the dawn shard i don't know why it couldn't but it just i like i don't know because the thing is these two like his two colton's two theories here are like somewhat connected because it's like sleepless are a massive you know kremlings or whatever could that hold a dawn shard and same with shallan if you split her into her personalities could they serve as two entities what do you make of the shallan one okay shallan one so you mentioned you described it very briefly before this i think their description of it was better because it's specifically like radiant mm. being bonded 
to test them beforehand. Because my issue with it generally, so I, I thought it was like that Radiant could swear an oath mm. and Radiant could be like further, well, not an oath, the truth could be like further along than Shalon was. And my issue with it is that Pattern's entire thing is like being like Shalon, you're one person. Um, and that's kind of like where her arc is going. So it feels kind of, would feel against that. But if like Radiant was kind of like the split personality, the disassociative, um, the disassociation happens later. I don't know if we saw any evidence of the disassociation in Shalon's flashbacks. Mm. Um, so I don't know if, cause that would have to happen when she's really young and like the differences between Radiant and Shalon would be kind of weird for like seven-year-old Shalon to think, especially since one of the differences, like she's hotter and Adeline will like her more. <laughs> um, so I'm uh, sorry, you Colton, you ended up with the the theory downer guy uh, in response to your guy. I'm I'm the butcher of theories where um, I'm I'm just kind of like I don't know if these work. It's okay, um, Colton. My strategy is just to keep bombarding Jake with theories yeah. and then eventually one will work. But I think a lot of the time, like, it's an interesting idea. And I'm like, specifics, I think there's a couple things here that would be a bit weird. But mm. the idea of, like, something with the multiple personalities with, like, testament versus pattern. Because also, metaphysically, she has the testament shard blade to start off Way of Kings. Yes. But also can't use some of the radiant powers i think that's because like if you have like if the original radiant who wielded maya had maya they could summon maya without the delay but not talk to maya the spren and i think that's how it works with like radiants who have a dead shard blade that was their spren so i think mm -hmm. that's why um she can summon the shard blade right away as like specifically uh, without the delay. Um, is, is she the only example we've seen of that? A Radiant who has a dead spren? I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. So now I'm wondering, like, does she ever use pattern? I think she also later on, like, post yeah, she Radiant use, uses pattern. Yeah. 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 Um, can it's she do a wield? Can she still? <laughs> that, that, that's the most natural next question. <laughs> Does this and also not dual even dual wield because dual wield is somewhat impractical? But could she go like testament shield or can yes. testament only be a blade? Oh. But cat pattern could make a shield, right? And yes. then she could have shield, shard shield, and shard sword. Have that. we seen testament post um, pattern? Um. I don't think we do. So my my thing mm. I was wondering is, can she summon Testament as something other than the blade? Right. Yeah. 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 And I think probably <laughs> no, because mm. I think the nail bond lets her skip the ten seconds, but I don't think Testament is conscious, and yeah. like Sill can like form a sphere because Sill, Sill knows that Kaladin wants a spear and consciously chooses to be a spear. Right. Yeah. Yeah. True. I'm just trying to. <laughs> I love how like this intricate theory is just boiled down to to dual wielding. But do, when do we get the test? Like the testament revelations rhythm of war, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's when she learned she had a, a spren who she killed. It's her. Um, truth one killed my dad. Truth two killed my mom. Truth three killed my spren. Yeah, and yeah, do so we third truth? Sorry, my memory's hazy, mate. But do we see testament 
in Shadesmar as a dead eye? No, because that would have. Wait, I think they see a dead eye friend that wants to talk to Shalon, and Shalon is just like, "What's going?" It's not following on with them, but I think it has a cameo. Right. And then right. also in the chapter we read, like for my previous episode, she draws Testament. Yeah. But at that point, Testament was chilling with okay. with Pattern, and in Rhythm of War, I think he just like shows up as a dead eyed cryptic, and Shalon is like, "What's this dead eyed cryptic?" So yes, was that was that Testament in her drawing? I think so. Oh, I think okay. so. Okay. Both. Yeah, yeah. It was a testament of the war and in, in, in her drive. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. Hey, well, thanks for the theory, Colton. And look, the sleepless one, sleepless with a dawn shard. If that, what's interesting to me is that they were watching over it. And I'm pretty sure if my sleepless lore is up to scratch, they, they have not from Rosha. So my question is then, did they bring it from somewhere else? I'll, I'll admit, like, right. Sleepless is one of the Stormlight things that I'm kind of like, you know more about the Sleepless for me. <laughs> it's kind of more of like a, uh, like, I know of the Sleepless. I'm like, yeah, the Sleepless are there. But for yeah. for Kremling lore, you gotta go, <laughs> you gotta go to Christian, not me. I, there were so many Kremlings in these chapters, but I just thought, I'm like, I got a guest on, I've got to be a bit more professional. <laughs> I can't point out every Kremling. Wait, where are all the Kremlings? I don't remember. Right, like, Kaladin, on his way to Wit, he's like looking at the puddles, and there's they're, they're sipping water and then one of them gets pulled down by a tentacle maybe that was jimmy yeah, no yeah like, that did happen yeah that, dude, <laughs> know, that little boy was trying to spot on calendar and just got killed by a national predator he was I, like damn i, I love how they they're like sipping the puddle like all right guys like natural he's walking just take a sip <laughs> i'm noting yeah, how, every and they're like, how do you think we should describe him on the back cover <laughs> yeah exactly um yeah, I think that I don't know if there was Kremlings in Dalinar's chapter, but definitely in Wanda Sale, there's a bunch of Kremlings hanging out. Maybe they're watching for Hoyd. Yeah, and now I'm like, are they following Hoyd around? All right, we now mm. need a someone out there. This I say this, Christian's going to be the person who does this. We now need a graph of um the amount of Kremlings in a chapter with the ho- chapters where Hoyd appears highlighted. I don't know, let's see how strong the correlation is. You know what? I want to. I actually want to make that video now. I want to do like all the Kremlin spottings in the Way of Kings because I've already got them. I've been doing the work all year for this podcast. I'm ready. That would be. A, be a, I'd watch the video if if yeah. you just call it all the Kremlings in Way of Kings. Yeah. Um, and then we'll rank them on how suspicious they are. Yeah, rank them <laughs> tier list. Kremlin tier list from least to mo- least suspicious to most suspicious. And you start out this Kremlin C thirty two C from chapter sixteen. I think he's chill. He's just living his best life. Yeah. But the one from chapter thirty four, he has a dawn. Oh my god! <laughs> All right, I I'm promising this video. Actually, once we finish this book on the show, that video will happen. I'm actually so down for that. Oh man. <laughs> yes. That's the most, that will be, um, I sometimes describe like a book. Someone will be like, Oh, how's this book? If they're about to read, and I'll be like, I don't know if it's the best insert author book, but it's the most insert author book. Like, I don't know if rhythm of war is the best stormlight book, but rhythm of war is definitely the most stormlight book. And I don't know if fires of heaven is the best wheel of time book, but it's definitely the most wheel of time book. <laughs> I don't know if that would be your best video. Yeah. But it would definitely be the most Christian yes. video. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take that. I'll take that. You know, it's it's weird because this side is only on the podcast. All my theories, it's like quite polished. But I'm keen to do that. Like just a just a dastardly Kremlin video. Um, 
but I think it'd be hilarious for the people who watch your videos, but like see the podcast and go, ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah. To just suddenly see you like deer wrecking like, the suspiciousness of gremlins. Like what happened to this guy? Oh man. And the comments like, are you okay? Are you going through stuff? <laughs> man, I'm just Christian Kremlin. But it, it's like, it's like bled into my video comments. Like my video comments are like Mr. Kremlin. Yeah, when are you going to change your name on this to like 67 Kremlings in a trench coat? Like, that's your name instead of Christian. If I'm Jake Sunbrock, Shoofers of Canada, you're like, you're 100 Kremlings in a trench coat. And with that, this is again a formal request. Look, I'll never be an actor for the adaptation. Just let me voice one Kremling or like just do one Kremling in the. I gotta say, I will now, I'll be his agent. He will give you the most passionate Kremlin performance. You will not find someone to get other than him to give a passionate Kremlin performance. Like there's one person in the world who will give you that. And it's this man right here. Thank you, Jake. Thank you. And you will, and we'll work on you for Hoyd. That's (laughs) optimistic. Yeah. I'll Um, I'll play, I'd play a random extra from Bridge 4 who just like dies. Yeah, you could do maps. I think you did the death rattle pretty well. If Stormlight, uh, if Stormlight adaptation happens late enough for me to be old, I can be like the first Bridgman who talks to Kaladin, who he gets his <laughs> he gets like his jacket from, um, who dies right away. All right, stay tuned, guys. We'll see you in uh, fifteen years on the adaptation. But that, with that, that oh. dude has disproportionate impact on the future of Roshar for what he would expect like if he died oh. if you could interview him in his death be like will you have did your life has have a significant impact on roshar he'd be like no and then if you actually showed him all the consequences <laughs> of his life he'd be like holy crap like he's the key to the series i might have inadvertently <laughs> saved the world like six times like <laughs> oh all right, guys, with that, thank you for accompanying us on this episode of Lost in Roshar. Remember, the most important chapter a man can read is the next one. We'll see you next time as we dive into chapter 58 and 59. If you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, be sure to leave us a review on whichever platform you listen on. If you have feedback, questions, or theories, span read us at lostinroshar at gmail.com, and we'll Please see you next time. I didn't see them. Yes. And thank you for Jake for being on this episode. Thank you, Christian, for having me.